Hi folks, welcome to the Seven Figure Network Podcast. My name is Melford Bibbins, and today I'm joined by Seely Smith, and I'm so excited because you guys know between the hurricane and everything else that's been going on, Celia and I have been trying to book this interview for weeks on end. So I'm so happy to have her here finally. We finally get to actually talk and figure out what's going on and see what's been moving her business forward so fast. So Celia, first and foremost, thanks for being on today. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So hey, I got to ask, what actually drove you into the industry in the first place? What made you swipe your credit card that very first time? I actually was 18 and my dad convinced me. (laughs) All right. This is a great start. (laughs) So, you know, I was hatched from the nest. I I tell people, um, me and my dad didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know anything about network marketing, but my dad was an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. He did government contracting and staffing. So he already had drive. So if you showed him how to make the money, um, he was probably more into how to make the money versus the products. Mm -hmm. But that drive definitely fell down to me and distilled in me in a way that I grew up with it. So yeah, that's how it started. (laughs) So was he in network marketing your entire life or had he just joined when you got the age where you could actually do it as well? Yeah, I was 18. Um, 18, yeah. I was 18 when he started. Mm-hmm. And it was his first and last. He's never been back into it. Okay. Um, but he was on fire. He mm-hmm. definitely really got excited about the compensation. Mm-hmm. And what drove him out? I got to know. So he had some... Um, mental health uh, things that kind of got in the way of him building. And because of that, you know, a lot of people think this is just about drive and tenacity and talking to people, but it also has a lot to do with personal development. And that was a part that my dad's ego wasn't ready for. And uh, that is ultimately what drove him out. He would have, I, he would have been an amazing leader in network marketing if he would have um, worked on himself as much as he worked on his businesses. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I'm so happy we're raising this point because it's, it's not talked about very often. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of folks who should be hyper successful in network marketing lose traction for for several reasons. I mean, you know, one is a, you know, just not doing the personal development stuff, which which is really, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it's how you're going to hit the peak of any industry. I don't care what you're trying to do. If you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get beyond, you know, that that 1% level, you got to work between the years. Nobody knows everything. And, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, I mean, I'm 51 years old. Like I'm learning more now than I did when I was 21. Because I'm open now, because I know I don't know anything, because I've fallen on my face enough times at this point to realize that there's other people out there not falling on their faces because they did that work, you know? So the another... Another issue I see is lack of systems because again, you know, I mean, for me right now, this is the greatest time ever for folks like your dad to join network marketing because the opportunities are out there. There's transitioning professionals and and the number one thing, men. I mean, you and I both know this is an industry made up of 95% women, which I love. Don't don't think that I'm pointing fingers, but think of the 50% of the planet that are men that have never really been welcomed into this industry. Yeah. So please. No, I was agreeing with you. I'm yeah. all for it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I would love to, you know, really figure out what's stopping guys like that from from developing beyond that. So, so okay. So you saw you're you're joined with your dad. You saw the excitement. 
what made you evolve beyond getting stuck? Because I mean, obviously you said it was an ego-driven thing, which I get. I mean, we all got it, you know, especially older guys. It just is kind of part of the part of the process of getting older. But what was the transition you made in yourself when you saw your dad decided to sort of float to the wayside and made you really dig your dig your nails in and keep on building? Well, it actually was several years later. I started a traditional business several years later. I got out of the business with him. Um, and you know, started my life, went to college and got married, had babies and, um, was a stay at home mom and me and my husband at the time, um, we were struggling financially. And I remembered, Hey, my dad and I kind of did pretty well in this thing. And, you know, the motivation was to help my family at -hmm. the time. So I got back into it. Um, in 2014, or actually it was 2012, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. 2012. And um, I went to my very first convention in any network marketing company, because the first one I went with my dad, we never went to a convention. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went to a convention with this one, and it changed me. It completely changed me. It showed me the possibilities that are really out there and real people doing it, not just like people talking about it, but like meeting people in real life and hearing their story and seeing the success. So yeah, 2012, I got back into it and um, I call myself a business hopper because like, as soon as I would like have struggle in one business, I would try to find another business to jump into. Mm -hmm. So I did that for several years and it wasn't until 2015 um, that I saw that being a big uh, block (laughs) to why I wasn't. Perfect word to use. Perfect word to use. Because I was limiting my belief system. If it's not working, it's, it's the company, it's my upline, it's, the products it's, you know, and granted there are things that do play a factor in those things. Um, but it was easier to put blame on everything else versus just focusing on myself and building. Um, and that is really what got me back into it was helping my family. Mm -hmm. How did you maintain the excitement after that first event, because we all know people go to events, they're all wound up, you know, they're going to change the world, you know, there's yeah. rockets going off, all sorts of craziness. And then two or three weeks later, they fall right back into their old life. But you didn't. I mean, you had a life changing experience at an event. What did you have to do, you know, mentally, physically, work wise to keep that momentum going to the point where you are now? Well, I had to get rid of a lot of people, places, and things that were no longer serving me, which was extremely difficult to do. And to have a real conversation with myself about that was even more difficult Mm -hmm. because these people and these places and these things were comfort blankets to me. And, you know, through my own transitioning, you know, hindsight's 2020, you know, where I'm at now and looking back, like I didn't really know I mean, we're all winging it here, right? We've all been planted. You know, we don't get to choose our taste buds (laughs) and how we really feel or show up in the world. But what we do have a choice is to have the awareness that something needs to be consistent for you to be able to have results. And I was finding that my consistency wasn't 
on par, but I wasn't being consistent because I wasn't holding myself accountable. I wasn't being around people, places, or things that were holding themselves accountable. Mm -hmm. And they were happy with where they were at. And I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I knew deep down that I wanted more from life. I wanted financial time freedom to be able to stay home with my kids. Yeah. I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted to experience the finer things in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really about being kind of selfish in a way that um, I've never had the uh, permission to do. So I had to give myself permission. So I think a lot of the limiting beliefs that people have is that they're trying to serve others constantly that they forget to serve themselves Mm -hmm. because ultimately we really join things. We become a part of things ultimately really because of us. Correct. And I think nobody talks about that. Like nobody really brings up that part that you are the most important key to your business. You are the most important key to your family yeah. If you don't have you together, then nothing's going to be held together. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not consistent, then how is your business going to be consistent? Mm-hmm. So it was just a reality check. And it was it was a hard pill to swallow, honestly. Um, ultimately, my marriage didn't survive it. Um, my family was broken up because of it, mm-hmm. um, which was difficult for us. But the sacrifice did wield some gold. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we're in a better place financially, mentally, physically, spiritually than I ever think that we would have been if we would have stuck it out in yeah. not being happy mm-hmm. and just kind of having the limiting belief that this is it. Yeah. This is this is where life ends and this is mm-hmm. as good as it gets. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. Uh, I'll be I'll be blunt with you. To me, that's the opposite of of um, you know, doing it just for yourself. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, that wasn't being selfish. That was you seeing that the end would justify the means, even though you didn't know what the end was yet, but you yeah. knew that you had to do these things and, you know, okay. So if you were, you know, if you were single, you know, living in an apartment, nobody else depended on you. Yes. Maybe it was, you know, you could use the term selfish for doing what you did. I don't think that's selfish at all. I think you stepped up like a frigging maniac to support your kids to the life that you wanted them to be. Yes. Part I mean, and you said it yourself. Yes. Parts of your life had to, had to shed because it wasn't bringing you to that point, but you and I would not be having this conversation if you didn't do that. So, you know, to yeah. me, that's the most unselfish thing you could possibly do is, you know, basically abandoning a life that you had that was comfortable yeah. To bring yourself now where, you know, you and your kids have this phenomenal lifestyle. You can do whatever you want-ish, you know? That's true. So I appreciate that. Thank you. No, no, no. I, I don't uh, no, I, I don't take stuff like that like that lightly. When 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 you, the, the minute that word came out of your mouth, I wanted to jump in, but I didn't want to be rude. Because yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I had to correct for, you on that because you're not being I have a lot selfish. of women that have heard my story. And I mean, I've had a lot of backlash with men too. Like you're convincing my wife to leave their family. And I'm like, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that my situation was unique in the sense of, you know, he didn't believe that I was capable of achieving things for our family. I mean, he wasn't supportive mm-hmm. um, and it got to the point where it was toxic yep. and I didn't want to, my kids to be raised that the, their caretakers don't believe in them. Amen. Um, so do I believe that it was right to break up a marriage and a family? I do. 
but I'm not convincing other people to do that, to get the same outcome that I did. Um, you have to make those decisions on your own. So it has been a very touchy subject yeah. when I have gotten on stage and when people have heard me speak and mm-hmm. it's, it definitely triggers men more than it does women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was also raised by all men. I was taken away from my mom at the age of two Mm -hmm. and was raised primarily by my father, my two uncles and my grandfather. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up in a very masculine home, very ego home, (laughs) ego driven. And it was, there was a lot of wounds of not being good enough from Mm -hmm. the women in their life. And Uh, you know, I resonate with that in a way because, you know, looking at how a lot of our traumas kind of show up when we work, when we provide for our families, when we, you know, work on ourselves spiritually. I mean, there's no means to the ends here except to find what really truly makes you happy. And for me, I am a big believer in more than belief, it's like a mantra and like a rule in my life is that I need to be happy before anyone else in my life can be. And I've had to take some extreme measures, um, but it's came with a lot of thinking and time and not being impulsive Mm -hmm. and, you know, one step at a time. So yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of points there. It's so funny. We're not talking about network marketing at all, but we're talking about the mindset stuff, which let's, let's yeah. all be big boys and girls here. This is the most important part. You know, yeah. we, we, you know, the two of us can teach them daily action steps. You know, we can teach them all this other stuff, but this is the stuff that really has a massive impact. So I hope you don't mind us going into it a little bit more. No, no, no. Um, let's, let's all be big boys and girls here and realize that your marriage did not break up because of that business. There were other issues. Like, oh, yeah. I, and I know you know that. And I know, I know it's like sounds infantile that I'm saying it that way, but it's like, I need other people to realize that, you know, if, if you're having fights with your spouse about the business, if there's things going on that feel like that, if, if you're trying to move your family forward financially and you're mm-hmm. getting in an argument with your spouse about that, it's not about the business guys. There's other deep seated issues going on and you're going to know it more than anybody else. Cause you were raised in a misogynistic house. I mean, it's like that talk. I mean, you like, you literally had to defy that every minute of your life during your upbringing. Yeah, it did. So now tell me about, so, okay. So we'll, we'll talk about a little network marketing. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's what we should be talking about here, at least a little bit. So can we talk about what you've got going on? So how did you actually make that construct of, okay, I've made this shift, you know, I've dedicated myself. Um, and again, I'm not going to use the word, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to let you blame yourself for this. So I, I've decided to make a hundred percent commitment to moving my business forward to make my, my life better. What was that shift business wise? Did you knock on more doors? Did you, you know, start blasting stuff out on the internet? Were you a huge social media person? Like what was like when you made that paradigm shift and you lit that fuse, what was, what was the first little bit to get you moving in the right direction? I started running my business like a business. Love it. Got really serious about the processes and the systems Mm -hmm. and who I was talking to, not Mm -hmm. about how many people I was talking to, but who. Nice. And so I... I became a professional in network marketing mm-hmm. and I, I, a lot of people really want to be like, well, you know, I just want to be myself. Well, you can be yourself, but you have to understand with any profession where it comes with big costs, like if you're making big money, mm-hmm. anybody at the top isn't 
wearing sweatpants and messy shirt and messy hair. I mean, they're well put together. They work on themselves. They work on their image mm-hmm. on what they want to be perceived as not like I'm, I'm putting on this mask to be perceived from others that they'll like me, but be yourself in that. Yeah. Um, have the uniqueness, but I started running my business like a true business. Like I said, I had a traditional company that I started in 2015. Mm-hmm. And what was that? It's called Organic Meal Prep. It's still running. It's mm-hmm. one of the companies I own. Mm-hmm. We ship 50 to all 50 states uh, sustainable organic meals that are already cooked. All you have to do mm-hmm. is preheat. So, um, how I ran that business is. I did ads. I went, you know, to local businesses. Mm -hmm. I talked to, you know, professional athletes and, you know, promoted my product and my Mm -hmm. service. And because of that, it got national recognition and we started cooking for some big players in the NFL Mm -hmm. and um, some music artists. And because of that, I got a lot of notoriety. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with the following came the people that wanted to know more about my story and about what else I was doing. Well, network marketing was a part of it. Mm -hmm. We had a product that I put with the meals. And that's how it really exploded was, again, just running my business like a business. And when people... People were like, is this a network marketing company? And be like, yeah, absolutely it is. Being excited that it was network marketing and not being like, oh yeah, it's network marketing. Is that going to be a problem? (laughs) I really just have been very confident about Mm -hmm. my products and my services. Yeah. So you you, you mentioned again, you mentioned a couple points here, but you're you're used to telling your stories. You breezed over them. So I got to retouch upon them. Um, You learned from your meal preparation business that recruiting up is penultimate the the most important thing you didn't try and find you know the cheapest people to work with the biggest mm-hmm. number of people to work with you looked for the elite you looked for you know the, the, who who would be able to introduce you to more elite people i mean i guess that's one of the things that a lot of folks don't realize is you know they jokingly say you know if you're a 5 don't recruit a 4 recruit a 6 what they don't realize is you know fours are going to recommend you to threes Sixes are going to recommend you to sevens because they look good making a good recommendation. So yeah. like th- these are all kind of like little lessons that I think people don't realize as much. So so do you feel like, you know, that started you on a path to recruiting, you know, quote unquote, A players? Yeah. 100%. And were you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, 100%. I, once I got a taste of working with professionals that took their career very seriously, I was able to lean in. Mm-hmm. I was able to feel it yeah. versus like speculating, like, what if they say no? Mm-hmm. I had lots of people tell me no. I had a lot of people tell me no. Yes. Um, I had more people tell me no than yes, but it was the right people that told me yes. Bingo. That exploited me in a very positive way mm-hmm. and it benefited by creating a following for myself. Yeah. 
how are you get how are you getting leads for your network marketing company? Uh, okay, you know, let's let's go backtrack a little bit because it's you know it's been such a weird time. There's a lot of weird transitions going on, and and I I don't you know as you can probably tell, I'm a very positive guy, so I don't like talking about the negativity. But there's always lessons to be learned when the yeah. economy goes through the sine wave. You know, it's like I'm I'm old enough to have felt several you know inflationary issues. You know, I was alive during the '70s when inflation was ridiculous. I was I mm-hmm. lost a business in 2008. You know, I mean, like we you you learn these lessons. So. Um, what was the lessons that you learned when you applied that to your network marketing business? Like, how were you finding the A players for your network marketing business? Were you doing reach outs like you were for the for the food business? Or how, how did you actually get that going to say, when you made that paradigm shift, I'm going to recruit A players because it's going to make me an A plus leader? How did you make that switch and how did you get the folks? I got a lot of people that did, um, were they... Uh, wanted to put me on a pedestal. So they made me to be, you know, the expert Mm -hmm. and said, Hey, I'm going to bring you in, in front of these people. Um, and I want you to talk. Mm -hmm. Uh, so for me, I got, I got very clear on the education part of it because I love teaching. Um, I have a background in nursing and pharmacology and nutrition. Mm -hmm. So that is where my education is. And I love educating people so that they can make a better, a, a best decision for themselves and their family. I'm not going to tell them what to choose. I'm going to equip you with all the information so that you can choose what's best for you and your family. Yeah. And I started being an educator. So for me, it wasn't putting um, like posts. It was me putting events together. Mm-hmm. Like I had an event where 2,500 people showed up and I gave them a presentation mm-hmm. on our business model mm-hmm. and we had several hundred sign up. That's so, a sexy day right there. Exactly. It was, <laughs> it was an amazing day, uh, not just for the team, but for the company, but mm-hmm. for everyone that was involved. Bingo. That, exactly. Because the big shift is, is, you know, we work together as a team. I didn't get all those people there. They got all those people there. Mm-hmm. I was just one part of that event and it was speaking and educating. That's it. Yeah. So the power of the team is really crucial. Like they believed in me. I believed in them. They went and got the people. I stood up on stage and just presented the information. Yeah. And because of that, people signed up. So you know, it wasn't because of one post or one event. It was several events. It mm-hmm. was several posts. It was several people joining arms and saying, we're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't just me. It's it's yeah. always been a community of people together. Yeah. Love it. So now let's segue into the apocalypse when you couldn't have in-person events, you know, because obviously yeah. the in-person yeah. event was, you know, glaringly positive for you. Um, were you doing mm-hmm. the same thing when all the in-person events died? I hate to use that term, but it's the truth. I actually took three years off. <laughs> so let's hear it. The yeah. moment that happened, I actually went through some existential crisis mm-hmm. things myself. Um, you know, I have never reached that level of success. I just achieved my seven-figure award mm-hmm. in October of 2019. Moved into my dream house, lake home, lakefront mm-hmm. property here in my hometown. And was told we're shutting the world down. So at the peak of when I felt like we were on fire and we wanted to build, we basically were told no. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, there was a lot of things, not just politically, but spiritually and physically going on mm-hmm. that I had to check out mm-hmm. to keep myself stable for my children mm-hmm. because my children were losing social yeah. uh, school mm-hmm. at that time. And they were, tra- we were moving, we were transitioning. Um, so the, the existential part of it was like, why am I doing all of this? For who? For what? For really for my family? Like, you know, and I was going through all of those motions that I actually took three years off and my business sustained me. Like everything we built from 2015 to 2019, I was able to not even worry or bat an eye about where my paycheck was coming from mm-hmm. at all. And I look back and I'm like, how many people had no income, had no way of affording their food, had no way of affording healthcare, whatever the case may be. They, mm-hmm. I had, I had nothing to that. I, I literally moved into a, like an Airbnb resort and got told you can't go anywhere. I was like, Oh darn, <laughs> you know, like, Oh, okay. So, but for me, the world was at such chaos and was mourning so much that I took that opportunity to turn it around for myself Mm -hmm. and say, I have my health. I have my children. We're safe. Mm -hmm. We're, we're able to afford delivery of a food. We have nothing to worry about. So when that happened, um, a lot of my team um, kind of just really transitioned to online immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started promoting the opportunity of working from home mm-hmm. and really wasn't about the products anymore at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And that sustained our business. Mm-hmm. It did. Um, we have since had some casualties in our, in our uh, team. We've, we've physically have lost a big uh, leader he has passed away and that was a big hit to our community as a whole. And we are coming out of that morning. still. it's, mm-hmm. it hasn't even been a year since it's happened. And it was a very devastating blow to our community. So because of that, a lot of us have wanted to get back at it and we're going to actually be hosting our first event at the very beginning of the year mm-hmm. of 2023 again. So we all just kind of, transitioned in our own ways. And I think that's what's so beautiful about network marketing is it's so adaptable to change that it's really your ability to say, okay, I choose to pivot with the network marketing company that you're able to do it. Like, I don't know any other company. I mean, a lot of companies had to like scramble to figure out how to do business online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We were already doing it. Yeah. So now like working online is super sexy. It's super, you know, attractive. Like people are like, oh, when you tell people you work from home, they, all they ask now is for what company, not is it a network marketing company? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's, I, A, I, I'm sorry you lost your friend. That's yeah, me too. horrible. That's, it's, 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 it sucks. It, I, I want to talk about this for a minute because it's, it's so important for people to hear. So you were, you hit the seven figure per year mark and then you took three years off. Mm-hmm. What percent, and I, and you, you explained to us how you stayed up there, but what percent income loss did you have in that three years? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. I don't think I've calculated it percentage wise. Yeah. I mean, just I there was a, 
so there's a, been about a 15% in my head right now. As I'm, there's been about a 15% decrease that I took. It's like you said, what, what other world could you live on that you work your butt off for four years? I mean, granted, I know you worked your butt off. I don't, and I'm not, believe me, the last thing I'm doing is disqualifying the work you did, but where else on the planet can you work your butt off for four years and then take three years off being at the million dollar mark and only lose 15%? Mm -hmm. And again, like, I, I know it sounds silly for me to say it that way, but it's like, it's, it's striking me this minute. Like I, I am reacting as much as I hope the audience is that it's just shocking to me that that held like that. I mean, it just seems incredible that you held 85% of your million dollar year income chilling, just hanging out with your kids. Yeah. And it's been, it was, it was a really a blessing in disguise. I, I think mentally, um, my children, because we've, I've been single since 2015. Mm -hmm. And um, even though I've dated mm -hmm. and have had partners, you know, I still consider myself single until I'm married again. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I personally, where, where I was at in that was like, I have to focus on what matters the most and money. Yes. Puts food on the table and keeps my lights on. But I had plenty of that. Mm -hmm. And what I was really struggling in was the the coping skills mm -hmm. of me and my children transitioning. Yeah. And that's what I was able to focus on. Like I was able to put the oxygen mask on me and my children, like fully in a way that yeah. I couldn't go to any business and be like, hey, I'm gonna need the next three years off. Could you still pay me? So that I can take care of me and my kids. Yeah. There's no other company that would be like, absolutely. We have this program that says you're burnt out and, you know, we're going to pay you residually for the work you've done. Yeah. So no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, we have taken a fall and there's been a lot of transition in that. There's been a lot of growth in that, mm -hmm. but we're excited about where we're at. Yeah. We're excited about what we had to prune. We're excited about what needed to go away and we're excited about the growth that we're having now and the momentum that we are having. Mm -hmm. So that 15% is climbing back up pretty quickly. So. Yeah. so so tell me what you're doing now. You know, you're, you're back in the game. You obviously got guns blazing at this point. So, um, you know, what what is your lead acquisition like today? I mean, are you completely online now? Are you still doing like, can you explain a little bit about how you're restarting your growth model? Yeah, so I have actually gotten more involved online. Um, so again, just like how I ran my business with organic meal prep, I'm doing that this time. I'm just going after people that are serious people in the business, mm -hmm. people that love network marketing, people that don't shy away from sales, mm -hmm. that are not intimidated to be told no. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm targeting people that have those qualities. Mm -hmm. um, this is for everyone. And there has been a lot of people that have been like, Hey, I am that person. And I'm like, Oh, I wouldn't have maybe seen that you were that type of person. And they're like, no, I want to show you mm. or they want to show themselves or they're growing into transitioning into being that type of person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this, you don't get hired on to network marketing. You can right. click the link and you can join at any time. Yeah. Um, and you really can't get fired from network marketing either unless, you know, you go against some of the policies and procedures. And then mm -hmm. if you're a real, you know, character, you can get kicked out of some companies, but it's it's not as complicated as most people think. So um, you also get about 10 warnings before they kick you out. 
Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it, it's not like you post something bad on Facebook and they're like, no, you're out of here. You get like yeah, a dozen Facebook. warnings before they pick you out. Exactly. <clears throat> but yeah, that my systems are just they're really simple. Keep it really simple for me. And it's just talking to the right people mm-hmm. um, and spending less time trying to convince people to come into the business. Are you seeing good conversions? I mean, now we're now we're getting in the, in the weeds here, so I'm digging it. Um, are you seeing good conversions from people who are currently in network marketing, people who have done network marketing? Because you mentioned that you're, you're looking for people who are positive about network marketing. Are, are you seeing good conversions from people who are in and looking for a transition? Or are you looking more for people who have had a professional background and looking to get them into network marketing for the first time? Or both? That's a good question. It's really both. It's for me personally... I mean, I've had professionals that have never had any experience in network marketing come in here and they're killing it. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, why haven't I known about this sooner? Okay, so thank you for the ad for our book about enrolling professionals. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) I mean, Todd Falcone teaches this too. Like, who are you approaching? Who are you talking to? Because like a lot of like my nurses, for instance, like there are so many nurses that are like, heard about this but nobody really took the time to really like follow up with me like when you know anytime I hear a no I'm always following it up with can you tell me why Mm. (laughs) I would love to know your why and not because I'm trying to really convince you but I'm trying to understand your no yes um and when they understand that I'm not coming from a place of like being like the pushy salesperson and they are like, oh, I want to help her understand where I'm at. Mm-hmm. It always converts to them being like, wait a minute, I see what you did here. You completely reverse psychologized me. And now I really want to join because they realize that they're working more hours to, you know, provide for their lifestyle when they could be working less mm-hmm. over here to provide for their lifestyle and plus more. Yeah. And, and, you know, that goes with compensation as well. Like I'm a big advocate for knowing your compensation plan. There is a lot of network marketing companies out there that do not pay well. We're talking minimum wage up to top dollar. And I truly, truly feel that a lot of network marketing companies confuse their distributors and their affiliates on what they're paying you. Um, and the transparency and compensation is, is something that I teach as well. So for me, it's both. I, um, really enjoy working with people that have never been in network marketing because to watch them go on fire over here is like, it, I don't know, it, it touches you in places that you just can't describe. Like, you really are opening up boxes inside of them. They're like, why wasn't this happening sooner for me? And it gives them a level of confidence that they're able to just like really change their life and the world, their world. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's just their community, their church, their um, non-for-profit that they want to fund, the vacation that they've never been able to go on. Like it's those things that I'm kind of getting emotional a little bit because it's. That's what you should. (laughs) <laughs> really life-changing for people. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I, no, it's good. I, I, I appreciate it. And, and thank you so much for mentioning nurses specifically. Um, you, you don't know this, but my older daughter's a nurse. I know you've got a nursing background. And that was one of the best groups we ever worked with. 
you know, I'm not going to talk about our build, but you know, like yeah. nurses, and, and it's for all the things you mentioned. And, and plus, one more thing, nurses tend to feel like they've been stuck in a box after a couple of years. Mm-hmm. They come out of school, they're super excited, they get amazing at their job, and they realize that they kind of get plugged into this box, and either they have to go back to school for a long time or pick a specialty, which still means going back to school for a long time, and and they don't get the opportunity that matches what they're doing for the world. And I yeah. and, I'm, and I'm not trying to be all you know you know, airy fairy about this, but, but let's all be honest, guys. I mean, if you're doing stuff that's helping the world, you deserve to get paid for it. I don't care if you're getting paid in the vocation you chose or your side hustle or whatever. You know, it's like when you're a beautiful human being and you sacrifice your sleep, your pain, your everything, you know, it's like you deserve to get paid for that. And that's why we've always, I mean, again, the seven figure network is all about recruiting health professionals. It's an entire book just about that (laughs) because these people deserve to have this, you know, it's like, they know more, they care more, they've done all these things, but their education and doctors too, believe it or not, doctors Mm -hmm. are the same thing. Like they get out and they're all excited. They get put in that little box and they can either go back to school and become a a specialist or just get stuck. And, you know, nobody who's in a service profession should be stuck in a box. That's true. And I a hundred percent agree with you on that. So now let's talk about retention. Because you know you've you've got a platform in place, so you're you're regrowing. Because and the reason I'm asking this question, why it's so intriguing to me, I'm asking for, as much for myself as I am for the audience right now, is that taking those three years off and having your team really step up to the plate and do their thing. Now that you're re-engaged in there and you're and you're really leading the charge again, both showing that you're enrolling and being a great leader. What have you changed any of your retention strategies? Like what's changed in your leadership since you know grabbing the baton again and, and running like a maniac? Well, I actually didn't make the change. My company made the change. So they met us versus we having to be the ones on the ground floor. Um, They actually upped the compensation plan. So it incentivized us to have more customers and better follow-up. Gotcha. And the system that they provided with us is free. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have to provide our own CRM. And that's provided to any level affiliate that comes in. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're a master affiliate or if you just signed on and as a free account. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the retention bonus now mm-hmm. and uh, the CRM, the, the software that helps you follow up and retain. So, you know, you, you can only do so much because we're human. Um, technology and software and framework and systems are your friend Mm -hmm. and they have been our friend in the past. We, you know, had to individually go into our CRM and email each one of those. Now we can bulk email, bulk text and able to see what's being ordered, what's been returned. It, It just, it makes things so much easier on our end, on the back end, mm-hmm. so that we're allocating our time effortlessly versus like, you know, stretching ourselves out really thin mm-hmm. where we're, we're burnt out and we don't want to follow up because, yeah. you know, we've been told by 30 people that we don't want any more product. Mm-hmm. How do we have any more time to call anyone to ask if they want more product? Yeah. Or if they want to join the opportunity, um, it has to make sense. If you see somebody that's, you know, ordering a lot of product and then they're referring all of their friends, but not becoming a, an affiliate, you want to reach out to that person and say, Hey, I noticed that you referred three people. Did you know that you can make a commission on that? Yeah. And they, nine times out of 10, they're like, no, I didn't know that. So it's, it's about having data 
in the information to be able to have the retention, um, you know, without having to track it all yourself, which that's how we started though. (laughs) We started, you know, with a, you know, a a folder. Exactly. Everybody's names in it and notes next to their name. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, I'm so thankful that this industry has caught up with that because, uh, you know, people, you know, CRM stands for customer relations management tools. So if anybody who doesn't know what CRM means um, and CRM devices have been around for years and years and years, you know, r- real companies have been using it to distribute information for so long. It's so nice to hear that this industry has finally caught up with that because you made the perfect point. You know, you make 30 calls in a day, you're running out of time. You know, you just, the, the, the clock can only spin for so long. We all have to sleep for at least an hour a night, you know, but you, you're just not getting to that point if you're just digging through day in and day out. So do me a favor and tell me what, uh, if somebody were to join your team today, what are the one, two, three, however many you want to give, what are the first action steps you would give? Because I, I love hearing this because again, you're in relaunch mode yourself. So I know you got a million, jillion ideas spinning through your head, you know, so, um, you know, Mary or or Marty even, you know, let's, let's call it a man. Why not? Let's, let's g- get even deeper into the weeds here. Just swipe their credit card for the first time. Haven't even gotten their kit yet. What are you teaching them? So the first thing that I actually do is I send them a welcome email and then I get on a call with them. Mm. My welcome email is really, really simple. It welcomes them to the company and to the culture of our community, Mm -hmm. uh, which is official conscious entrepreneurs. And I share with them, you know, just in a small brief message, you know, uh, an image, a vision that Mm -hmm. they can envision themselves being in that place because yeah. I want them to start dreaming immediately. They've already started dreaming by swiping their credit card, but I really want to plant this seed and water it even more. And I just want to infuse and water that is, you know, envision them being where they want to be financially, yeah. spiritually, mentally, all of the things kind of encapsulate and feeling that, that gratitude kind of radiate. And in that moment, I give them three steps, which is the first step is I want them to log into their back office Mm -hmm. and I want them to do two things. And that's watch the, the um, presentation of how to start your business by our uh, founder from our company. Mm -hmm. And the second one is our compensation plan. And I do reiterate in the message you don't need to know everything in the compensation plan. It is a journey. It is not about the destination. It is about the journey. We're doing this together. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have it all figured out by tomorrow night by watching these training videos. Um, and I really just want them to know that I'm beside them yeah. and that they have a team beside mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Does it matter what chapter they're on? If they're on chapter one or chapter 99, Right. it's still a journey and that we're doing this together and they're not alone. So that's, that is how I get people started. Mm-hmm. And then I meet them where they're at. Yeah. So depending on their experience level, um, how much they need, you know, attention or anything mm-hmm. like that, yeah. I really just get on the phone with them and, you know, ask them about, you know, what questions they have from the videos they've watched. And then I, and then I just meet them. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Okay. Let me meet you there and let me walk you through the next steps. So I even actually have have like a planner, a detailed 12 month planner of day to day, everything that they can do and check off (laughs) Um, building online and building on the ground Mm -hmm. because some people just really love having that in front of them to be able to have checks and balances. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it exploded my business and exploded other people's businesses to be able to watch the transition of from where they started to having their numbers all there in one place. Um, so yeah, that's how I get people started. I love it. So Celia, you've given us so much great content today. We've been, we've talked about action steps. We've talked about theory. We dug into real deep mental stuff. Uh, how can folks reach you if they want to get your contact? What's your contact information? So my contact information is simple. I'll be the only Celia you've ever heard of. If you hear of another one, please introduce me to them because I would love to meet somebody with my name. I've only met one. <laughs> Um, and she spells it differently, but my mm -hmm. name is spelled Celie, C-E-A-L-L-Y. Last name is Smith, spelled Smith. Beautiful. So you can Google me. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm on all the social media outlets. And uh, that is the best way to reach me. Love it. Isn't it great having a weird first name? It is because, you know, somebody would be like, I heard so-and-so. And I was like, well, you're not mistaken if you know my name. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, there's uh, there's only ever been one other Melford in my life, and that was my dad, and he's gone now. So it, it's when, when you've got the weird name, I tell you, it, it just works. <laughs> you know, it take does. advantage of it. It keeps you rememberable. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, yeah, that's you're, you're a walking brand, which is pretty beautiful. Yeah. So um, I want to finish off with my favorite question: What is your six month goal? Oh, that's a good one. I have my year-long goal. My six-month goal is to be um, where I was in 2019 with my team. So Beautiful. that is our six-month goal. Yeah. And, and you can't just leave it hanging out there. Let's hear the one-year goal. <laughs> the one-year goal is to double what I was at doing in 2019. <laughs> wow. <laughs> which, we're, which we're hitting on track right now. Like Let's our see. numbers are hitting that. So... We're just continuing to branch out and bring a community of like-minded people together. And it's been pretty expansive. So we're going to keep going. Love it. Thank you so much, Celia. This has just been absolutely fantastic. I appreciate you being on today. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a great day. Yeah, you too.